Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing Audience Key, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. January 5th, 2023. On behalf of Dave Davies from Weights and Biases, it's Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. And uh, again, Happy New Year. 2023 is going to be a year of extraordinary changes. The last three years sort of feel like a coiled spring with the buildup of so much potential energy prepared to become kinetic. It's going to feel like the advent of mass computing all over again. This might be particularly jarring for some and present ranges of opportunities previously unknown for others. What's happening right now is the predecessor of what might be the last human organized information environment in our species somewhat short history. Change happens and change is good. The advancements made in AI, particularly with open AI, have given innovative people more tools than we've ever dreamed possible. That some of those tools are sort of like blunt objects isn't as relevant as the rapidity of their evolution and the dozens of things good SEOs are already learning to do with them. For instance, check out the number of uh, recent videos by Matt Diggity. He has one in particular where he's uh, suggesting seven specific uses of, uh, of, of, of chat GPT, none of which involve actually writing content for your pages. <laughs> You know that meme about how you and your preteen buddies are about to go bike riding as a gang for the very last time, but none of you are aware of it? Yeah. I think we might yeah. have seen the last year we could hold on to the concept of what was normal, and we didn't know it. Things are going to move a lot faster from here on, and it might be good, it might be bad, and it might just be opportunities wrapped as a new set of bites. and should inspire you to do great things, but it should also scare the living bejesus out of you. The weirdest thing about change is it's often like watching a child grow up. You don't really notice the inches until a foot, a foot of them suddenly happened. And then suddenly, when that thing's about to happen happens, it tends to happen so quickly, you don't notice it until it's there. Happy New Year. <laughs> it's going to be a weird one. Be ready for virtually anything. Yeah, that's, that's a, pretty good, uh, a pretty good cliff notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to go back to uh, those videos by Matt Diggity. Um, mm -hmm. Diggity might like turn to the dark arts in SEO like yeah. very, very frequently, but that dude knows how to use technology and how he knows how search works. And um, every one of the tips he uses, none of which are really black hat tips at all, are brilliant. Um, and again, none of which actually involve writing the content with uh, with AI, but using AI to create brilliant sets of content and, and knowing where the content should go. Smart kid. <laughs> yes, yes, that might be an understatement, if anything. Um, so yeah, he, he really is. And, and the thing is that I, I like, like um, Elena, um, had written a piece as well, um, Elena Solis, for, for users who don't know which Elena I'd be talking about, um, had written a piece, and I think she don't lie, I think it was 20, um, just like they were like little like 
quick things you can do that just some people might not sort of compiling like a, a list of like, here's some things that people are, are doing, um, you know, SEOs are, are using chat GPT for, um, and not, not to be confused with GPT four, which we'll be chatting uh, about in just a little <laughs> bit here. Uh, Any second there. <laughs> That's um, so yeah. That had to take just a, just a quick second. Um, but yeah, the thing that I think is is most exciting about this kind of stuff is we're really, well, there, there's two things that are really, really exciting about it. The, the first is when we're seeing these examples, be it with Leda or whoever, whoever might be sharing them, these are really highlighting the fact that it's it's really only limited by our creativity. Right. Like we can see these things and, and go, oh, OK, that's great. It doesn't mean that you necessarily need to go, oh, that person's using it. This is a list of all the things that we can do with chat GPT or GPT or, or, or large language models or whatever it is. It's just a, you know, think about this as, as concepts of a variety of things. Now think about what you need done and what data you have available there. Now go. Right, like figure out what you can do with this. So, you know, cluster keywords. I've got a list of 3,000 keywords. Cluster keywords by this type of intent doing this. It's not going to be perfect, but it'll be a good head start <laughs> before, you, before you dive in. It's going to move a lot faster than you're going to move in doing the initial ordering. If you have to do fine-tuning, that's great. Exactly, exactly. Um, one of the other things I find really, really exciting about this stuff that I view is like just tip of the iceberg and we can see people start to play with it and mostly they're playing with it with sort of the the, the text or, or image generation models right where people will be like now training it to go i recognize that i'm dave date right like feeding stable diffusion or something like that and go okay it has this model now i'm just going to teach it that dave davies looks like me and now dave davies on the moon dressed like batman right like and okay now i can put me on the moon dressed as as you know batman or or whatever it is um once we get to the point of being able to do that more, like people can, but it's 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 not super easy at this point um, to actually train it to go, oh, okay, this is an SEO use case, right? Like I now am training this language model to accomplish, you know, GPTJ or something like one of the more open source language models. I'm going to train it on these keyword sets to accomplish this task. I think that's where we're not even really like, we're all fascinated by what chat GPT can do because the first thing, that we've all seen to sort of do it. I mean, yes, I was using something based on it before that. A few other people were, but really not in, in large scale. But we're still just pretty much tip of the iceberg. We're using it for what it it's sort of pre-built to do. We're going, oh, okay, here's this model. It can do cool stuff when I tell it what I want. But very few people are actually going, oh, I'm going to dump my data in. I'm going to train it on SEO tasks specifically and go for this kind of task here's how i need you to respond and, and and sort of fine-tune it on that and then dumping our own data and they're like we're dumping we're, we're going hey what is this and and and, and asking it for for feedback mm -hmm. on a model that was trained in the past like i'm not sure when um like the the um 3.5 is is the version of gpt that it's on it, you know yes it's it's got some pretty current data in there um but it's it's still older so large, I read somewhere, I mean, you could answer this for sure. By and large, the data set that GPT uh, 3.x um, was trained on um, is good to what, like the middle of summer 2021? Yeah, it's 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 a funny like 
depends on how we measure things, right? Where we've got our initial GPT-3 set, um, where it was trained and that's sort of the, the heavy lifting of how a model is trained and how the weights and stuff are, are, are sort of factored in. And that does go back to that. So that's basically as current as a lot of the core functionality of GPT is. And, and, and here's, you know, how the, the number of the parameters and the size of the model, it's been fine tuned a little bit since then the last one G or um, yeah, GPT 3.5 came out, which, which did have some additional training. So there is a bit of new information in there, but it's also based on the, sort of model structure um, that was previously set up. Um, I think it was two or three months ago. It would, would have been the last, uh, the, more, the more current version. So it'll have a bit of new information, not a bunch of great information. So I, I think to your point, we're not really using fresh, what we would consider to be fresh data uh, in there. And we're going to talk about that when we're talking about what Microsoft is doing and why I think that might blow up really, really poorly for them. Now we have GPT-4 coming out. So that'll be fresher, like the model structure will be fresher. They'll keep it updated with some new data. There's only one thing that I think could make this all turn the corner on, on, sorry, and I, I'm sort of going in a slightly different direction than I started on here, but one thing that'll get us turning the, the big corner will be, can you make it evergreen? And that's what Microsoft's going to need. And, and, and for listeners who don't know, um, well, you know, we'll, we'll get into a, a little that a little bit later because I'll, I'll let us talk about the story of like Microsoft and, and what they're doing with with chat GPT, um, you know, in, in just a little bit. But with that turn, you know, I, I guess before we dive into that story, we can talk for, from my perspective of is chat GPT a Google killer? Right. And I guess that's the question we need to ask, because when we're getting into the story of Microsoft sort of getting closer in bed with open AI on chat GPT, which is a story we'll be talking about momentarily. The question is, does chat GPT need to be part of search and does this give them an advantage over Google? Right. Like does 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 chat GPT pose a threat to Google? And for anybody who's used chat GPT, you, me, you, Diggity, Aleda, all of us, we, we've talked about it on the show. If I, would I trust it to be kind of cool and create an interesting little outline for me on a piece of content? Sure. Yeah, no, no problem. And then I would go through, as we were talking about, and I'd go through that keyword list and go, yeah, it was pretty good. Got me a great head start. Would I trust it to go, I have a mole on my leg. Now, please tell me, should I go see a doctor? Would I trust something like ChatGB? Because that's what we're trusting Google for. We're trusting oh, Google for like health and financial information and stuff like that. And 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 that's where I think, you know, chat GPT isn't particularly accurate um, in the degree. I may or may not trust um, Google or chat GPT with, <laughs> uh, with, 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 with my actual health. Um, right. But we use search for a, a lot of things. Um, What's the um, future of um, mining in Northern Canada? Um, uh, 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 looking at rare elements, rare earth elements. Um, mm -hmm. That would be a great question to ask uh, to ask ChatGPT, and I'm sure it would come up with a relatively sound answer that I could base a good deal of research off of. I don't know what Google would give me. 
if I was to ask that kind right. of question. Well, and that's that is a great point. And what we're counting on Chat GPT for in, in in this in this story that you're mentioning or or this we're, sort of we're, scenario we're you're go. talking about here <laughs> is how fresh is the data? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, can it go? Basically, you need sort of like a, a hybrid where, yes, I don't trust Google. I don't trust Google to give me my health information in a featured snippety kind of way. But I do know I trust Mayo Clinic this much. And I trust Huffington Post for, for users who can't see me way lower mm-hmm. <laughs> like on providing me feedback. Um, you know. How, you know. I don't trust Google, but I do trust some sources, and Google's just providing me the sources. Whereas when you bring ChatGPT in there, now you're going, here's the answer. And that, I think, is why Google hasn't done it, right? They haven't gone this route of going, we're just going to provide this. When I ask my Google Home, let me just hit the mute button here. Um, (laughs) You know, when I'm asking it something, it always is very clear on going from this source, here is this answer. Never just hears this answer because if I'm asking it something critical, um, you know, this might maybe I'm shouting across the room because my kids hurt and choking and I need something to do right. Like I, I need to know if I if this is trustable information. Would I just trust Chat GPT to spew that back at me as a piece of information? Maybe it might give me a, a decent response. I'm sure for that maybe it, it would. But would I? Would I stake my kid's life on that? No, right? And that's where having these like reference points is is more important. And I mean, I'm listing sort of an extreme example where time is, is absolutely critical. So mm-hmm. yes, in that event, I might go, whatever, an answer is better than nothing, just whatever, right? Like, um, you know, but these are the sorts of things that, that we do end up dealing with in search. And that's where I think we're, we're in an interesting sort of scenario and- to the the example you were giving, how current is the information? Because it might be different today than it was yesterday in like what's going on with mining. So right now we're uh, Chat GPT, as we understand it, is is working on um, it's its third three point five. You say it's its third point uh, five iteration. Um, mm-hmm. There might be a three point six. There might be a leap to four point zero. Might be a whole brand new um, set of data. Um, or data sets that it gets trained on and, and, and very probably is. Bing announced recently, uh, like like this morning, um, that they're, they're going to be integrating chat GPT into their search engine sometime around March or April. Mm-hmm. Um, hence, uh, uh, we've been people have been speculating on whether GPT would be a Google killer or not. Google itself was was worried it would be a Google killer. I understand that they had uh, several all-hands meetings about um, how um, this might pose a, pose a threat to them or some of their operations. And I'm positive that ChatGPT does pose a threat, perhaps not a direct threat, but the way it could be used to teach other things. Mm-hmm. What if, okay, so Bing is going to be integrating ChatGPT um, into um, its search engine again sometime in the uh, near the beginning of the second quarter. Dave, earlier you sent a, you, you shared a graphic with me that suggested that um, the data set that ChatGPT is learning now is minuscule compared to the new stuff that's coming, like, when? <laughs> Uh, yeah it's 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 un like they they don't 
pre-announce. Um, but there were rumors going back, you know, even even a few weeks ago that we were dealing at that time within the next few months. So this may be the game changer. And, and, and this might be why what Google knows and why they have like red alerts going on. Um, when I when I first heard of chat GPT as like a Google killer, and as I was even mentioning on the show, um, I'm meaning it in its current format, right, that we're that we're looking at right now, because there are so many shortcomings in it, like just so astronomically many shortcomings in it as something that could be a threat to Google. However, and even in Bing's hands, in its current format, it, it, it just isn't something for, for all the reasons we were chatting about. It. Would I trust it? No. Does it give good answers? Sometimes, right? Like, um, you know, is it always kind of humorous? Mostly when it's wrong, and that's often enough that it's quite humorous frequently. Um, you know, so there are some some big, big problems with it from that context. What may change with GPT-4? Um, and, and, and I don't know this. I mean, it's not like OpenAI's calling Dave and going, hey, here's what we're working on next. Um, but yeah, we're, we're moving from, well, we're dramatically scaling the the reference points the the amount of data being used and how that that data is being digested uh so okay there there's that it'll get far better at understanding i, I suspect what we'll be seeing is is a crossover of understanding concepts better it's already pretty solid just not good enough for me to rely on as a, as a search thing so i'm not digging it at, at gpt3 here it's just going it's it's not there yet Clearly, they know that. That's why they're working on GPT-4. So it's going to a massive scale. Like the, the estimates, um, like the, the you know, sort of I've been seeing, but these are not official numbers at, at all. Um, but we're looking at about 500 times the number of parameters. So, so it's looking at 500 times sort of more like little points <laughs> uh, to to weigh off and go oh okay let's balance this all together when we're 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 thinking about how to build the model to generate generate context so basically it's like this massive training set is is going to be way 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 more advanced than what we're dealing with right now fantastic that still doesn't actually really address our big problem from it being a threat to search like yes it'll be more advanced but that still doesn't help us go what happened yesterday and that's the big problem that we hit so what they need to be able to do is take this massive okay 500 times improvement in this thing then they need to be able to scale that model down into something that they can run in what's referred to as inference which basically means real time on the fly dump data in and then pull an answer out in real time they need to be able to make the model small enough and flexible enough, like we saw with Dolly, right? I mean, you remember Dolly Mini was was all the thing, and you'd sort of like type in a thing, and it would create a picture. Or you'll use Chat GPT, but actually, this is a great example because everybody's used Chat GPT, and you type in your thing, and you watch it write out what it's doing. Fantastic, very very interesting, and it's taking that time to write it out to actually figure out the next thing to add like the next word to add like it's actually having to do that ad hoc on the fly in this case what we're going to we're going to be asking this system to do if microsoft is actually going to make this a real-time thing which is what i'm hoping they're doing with gpt4 is creating a system where you can scale that model down so much 
that at the time the query is run, it can run inference and go, here's the top 20 pages that we have for the search result. Dump that data in and create a chat, like augment basically the, the, the prompt that we're giving it to go, here's the 10 pages, here's the, the, the sort of like entities that are on that pages, dump them in, pull in some news at the same time. Like basically pull all of that search data in and then be able to produce an answer. And I think that's a big, big ask from, from a system because of the, the complexity of the model that we're, we're producing. If, if, if Google tried to do that, even that would be, be incredibly difficult. Um, but I, but Google, I think right now is not a dig at, at Bing. Google has a more reliable set of search results, I think, mm -hmm. um, and, and a much better understanding, at least from the papers I've read, but I've read more, more Google papers than I have Bing. So that could just be my own personal bias. They have a good solid understanding of concepts and entities. They're, they're really, really good at that. So I think they'll be able to see a, a little bit more on, on the freshness there, but um, at any rate, that, that's not the big problem that we're, we're getting to here is if Microsoft wants to add chat GPT in, it needs to be running that real time, which means it needs to be on the fly, pulling in this collection of information that they have, and then spewing out a result. Maybe that's part of what's baked into GPT-4 though. And that would just be amazing to be able to, to take that large model and make it small enough to be able to pull that off. Well, and also, I think it's a matter of scale, too. Um, right now, users, uh, especially users who don't have tokens or tickets with, um, with, with, with various AI programs, might wait up to 45 seconds, a minute, or whatever, right. to, to, to get a response. If you had to wait a minute for your Google search results, you'd be going to DuckDuckGo or Bing awfully quick. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's okay with, with, with ChatGPT AI. It's new and we expect it to act like a digital watch for the 1980s for a little bit. Um, <laughs> but it's still shiny and really cool looking. I mean, still, the, yeah. the interface of a 1980s digital watch is still pretty cool. Um, but really inefficient. Uh, that's just a matter of scale, though, for, 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 for um, getting enough um, computers and enough data centers uh running um ai uh software um it's a massive uh data engineering undertaking but again it seems to me a matter of of uh, of scale and relevancy um uh, for clay and task, nevertheless, but if they could pull it off and they could make the results come up as you say in real time and that result set was pulling from a data set um, 500 times what chat GPT is pulling from today. Um, who knows how they're going to use the data that's being drawn from chat GPT. Maybe there's going to be using that data to inform um, Bing as it makes search results, much like Google uses AI to inform it as it creates search results. Um, Whatever will happen, though, Google, or like you said, I think Google was, was quite aware that, that something challenging is going down and knows it has to rise to meet something. It doesn't know what yet, though. Well, and one of the interesting things here is it, it's basically two, two approaches to the same war. Um, right? Like, I mean, I mean, war, like they're both, mm -hmm. they both want search dominance. Google has it now. Bing wants some of that market share. Fair enough. We, we, we'll sort of see 
the way I see it anyway, is, is two approaches coming in because we're going to end up at the same spot. They're both going to end up doing fundamentally the same thing, mainly because users are going to end up going, I like this better. <laughs> and both of them are going to end up doing the same thing. So what will end up in, in like, if, if I'm right anyway, or, or, or my prediction for what we'll see through 2023 here is Bing is starting from the angle of chat GPT is the root. And now we're going to dump our data in, right? So sort of going, okay, we know that users really, really like this format. So they've got their format. Now they're going to try and plunk their data in. Um, whereas with Google, they don't have the chat GPT function. I'm sure they've built some stuff internally. I could probably hunt it down if I really, like, I'm sure they have that function because they have like Google Home and clearly they've been building, like working on this sort of stuff um, and, and large language models and stuff. Like clearly they they have that sort of in their back pocket, not as far advanced as OpenAI's GPTs are though. Um, so, however, what they're extremely good at is understanding concepts and entities like that they've invested massive massive money into hell their entire search result like a, a, a massive chunk of it is based on just their understanding of concepts entities how things interconnect all of that sort of stuff so which one will win the person that gets a bit of the head start on the chat function like the the, the interactive function also, the person who has a very good relationship with OpenAI because they're part of the funding, like that's Microsoft's. Indeed, why they, they did that, that, I'm sure. Um, or will Google be better with their starting spot on a better understanding of how the concepts and entities of the web are mapped, and now need to play catch up on? Here's how we can present that in a natural language format. Which one will win? I, I if I had to put my money on it, I would put it on Google with Microsoft taking some market share and an early lead coming up, and then Google's ability to basically rip off the idea of chat GPT, but yeah. then put a back end of more reliable data on it and going, okay, there we go. I, I, I'd put my money yeah. on Google to win that one. Absolutely. I could see this playing out just like it did in the early, in the early part of the two Ks with uh, two massive organizations having the exact same hamburger, but only one of them knowing the secret sauce to make it profitable. Right. Um, right. And, and, that, and that was Google. Um, okay. Well, that... you actually bring up a really interesting point there, though, is when you're doing that, when you're providing an answer like that, where is the profit? Now, there's a completely different sort of question. If you've got people reliant on you just asking questions and then oh. hearing an answer, where's the money? Oh, Dave, you've been in search long enough to know that truth is only a loss leader. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I mean, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the the ten blue uh, uh, links are only there to draw people to the ads, right? Uh, same with Facebook. The whole thing is just <laughs> there to draw you to the ads. Uh, the only reason they, they even put news programming on TV is so that they can sell soap to you. <laughs> um, that is true. And you know something's got to pay the piper. Um, somebody or somebody has to pay for Pied Piper servers. Um, and, you know, with the mess that they've been making over at Hulia, I mean, at, at Twitter and uh, Hulia, or I mean, at, at, at Meta, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, incidentally, did you hear what happened to Hulia? I, I mean, Meta um, over in, uh, in in Europe? 
He's got, he got dinged with a few hundred million dollars um, for violating Europe's uh, privacy laws, data, personal data privacy laws, because as of yesterday, they're not allowed to do that anymore. Hmm. Um, entire business models will be changing in 2023. Um, and I'm betting that AI plays a massive role in replacing one business model for another. Uh, Another thing that happened recently is um, NFTs are no, uh, tend to be not being programmed into video games anymore. Um, the NFT market was made on hip by um, many people's least favorite um, weird uncle, Donald Trump, uh, launching his own series of NFTs and the failure of, 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 of many before that. Um, again, the business models of the web are changing really, really rapidly. And 2023 is going, to, is going to be a year of those major changes. We should probably talk about some SEO stuff. Um, <laughs> but it's hard, not to, it's hard not to talk about how massive change is affecting SEO when, uh, when right now we're still in the middle of what feels like a fairly significant algorithm shift with, uh, with, the helpful algorithm. Mm -hmm. Interesting thing happened on the way to trying to figure out the helpful algorithm recently. Did you see uh, Roger Monty's article? I'm asking if a research paper that Google had published um, was actually there, um, them covering the, the helpful algorithm. I did not. I saw you share. I have not had time to go through it though. So, so it was over at Search Engine Journal and um Roger uh, uh, spotted this research paper and, and, and pointed out that it covers a, a lot of the um, points that helpful is trying to cover better um, collections of uh, data and, and topical collections of data um, or of, of, of um, uh, result sets. Um, uh, and trying to weed out content that is super low quality or written clearly to uh, manipulate search engines rather than motivate uh, human readers. Um, the paper Roger was citing may or may not be about um, the helpful algorithm, although it very likely covers many of the concepts Google wants us thinking about with helpful. Um, A close read of it, though, um, show that sometimes um, people at Google don't necessarily understand what SEO is all about. The document asks the question, are, more, are most SEO practices of low quality? And I'm, I'm going to read quickly just a, a quick paragraph from it. Um, Documents that attempt to perform SEO tend to be flagged as very low quality. This is intuitive since these texts tend to simplify or to simply string a series of keywords together and are therefore incoherent. Furthermore, we found a moderate number of product pages and professional profiles that also attempt to perform some form of SEO. We observe that media centric domains such as image hosting domains often contain incomprehensible embedded text, possibly for SEO. That's the quote from a Google research document um, uh, uh, about uh, you know low, what they consider to be low quality 
uh, documents. Um, that's also a lot of the extent of the mention of SEO um, in those documents, in, in Google's research document. So I don't know. It's, it, 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 it gives the impression that, that, that Google researchers or some people like Google have a very low opinion of SEO and mm-hmm. ask somebody on the street um, or, or in uh, digital business, their opinion of SEO. And um, you got a 50, 50 chance of, of, of having a good experience there. Cause they had a 50, 50 chance of having, having a good experience. Um, John Mueller responded to uh, the you know, SEO controversy around um, wondering if Google loves us or not. Um, and he wrote, I think one of the challenges is that quote unquote good SEO is essentially invisible. It's a well-structured site. It's good content. People like it. Those are not attributes, att- not attributes associated with SEO by the bigger web. So John likes us. He gets it. <laughs> <laughs> Or at least John knows that most of his content being produced is because we're asking for stuff. Um, <laughs> he, he needs us for, for generating the content he produces. Um, no, I mean, it, I understand where this comes. Like, I, I think we all can, right? Like, we all have seen, uh, like everybody in the listening audience here has seen, landed at a page and gone, ugh, right? Like, I know who built that and we all know who built, I mean, not by name, but we know what kind of SEO went behind it and it kind of worked and that's why we're there and we're kind of you know, a, a little embarrassed for our entire like profession <laughs> that like somehow this managed to like rise to the top through, through things. Side note, Google's doing a way better job than they were before because I remember days when I used to just hit page three so I would bypass people like me. Um, just to get to the, get to the results. But, um, you know, I, I, I do get that and that that's what we call SEO, but really, really it is what John's talking about, right? Like when I think of, well, I, I I've said this before and it's, it's sort of been, been the way my, I've, I've tried to approach things for at least a good, you know, number of years is, when I've been to a page and optimize it, my goal is that if somebody read it yesterday and somebody read it today, that casual reader would not know anything had changed except that they found it today and they didn't yesterday, right? Like that's the only difference that I, I try and make is, is just maintaining exactly what this page was was built to be, um, you know, and, and there there are ways to do that. So to John's point, yeah, that's that's the ideal. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you need to use a sledgehammer to get through. Like I picture it. And when I'm saying that, I mean, I'm Amazon and I'm trying to come up with ways to get things done. Well, you need to sort of like shotgun and go, we need global rules and they're going to work 90% of the time, right? Like this global structure. But when somebody doesn't put in this section or somebody like only puts in a few words of this section or uh, it's user generated content, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that that's bad. It's it's great stuff. But sometimes we know the user generated content I'm talking about 
um, you know, you, you can end up with, with these sort of like spammy sort of problems, even in, in good systems. And, and that's, that's just what happens. And unfortunately, especially with things like Amazon, and it's probably the stuff that they're talking about, like the people who are like, this is SEO content is it's part of a well-built structure. So it ranks, even though it's spam, but if the whole site looked like that, it wouldn't work, <laughs> but the whole site doesn't work like that. You're just putting like, sort of like keyword stuff content into an otherwise good site and structure. So it's it's working um, and, it, and it's rising to the top. So over SEO, but but it still works. Anyway, that's just my like little like sort of like side note on that. So they're both kind of right, but I, I like to think John is is more right these days um, of the two. Well, John is definitely more right. Good SEO is invisible. Um, uh, SEO is about uh, making things easier for the... Um, the site visitor. It, it's about surfacing information, um, making information visible and making it easy for people to find stuff. Once they find it, you got to get them from point A to point B. Um, and that's, you know, kind of our job. Google's making a uh, good SEO about making a better and faster web. You know, usability right. is now a, uh, a massive factor at, at, at Google. And, uh, want to really really from from hard learned experience recent hard learned experience keep up with core web vitals especially page speed in the mobile environment um pages that that decline in that even even if they're borderlining like like 2.5 second on first contentful page or something take uh care of that take care of it immediately um there is co correlation is not causation <laughs> however <laughs> um i had the, i had this one site um this happened very recently and we had a number of things to straighten out um uh and i had to decide which was more important schema or the um several thousand product pages that were sitting literally at 2.5 on first contentful paint which is the exact cutoff point right and so, you know, it's Christmas time, and I'm thinking, what's really important here? Schema. Get, make sure that the result sets that are there, which are very, very strong, make sure that they have as much information packed into them and look as good as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have X amount of de developer time. Christmas is coming. We have other clients we're working, on, working with as well. So <laughs> we concentrate on schema because that's what is really important here. Um. Having made that choice, I would have chosen differently because I'm telling you, the um, the pages that we should have concentrated on page speed, um, they're suffering. You know, on the plus side, though, like I, I get it, and hindsight's twenty twenty. You had to make yep. a choice. There, you don't know what what whether you're making the right one until it's you're at the other side of that. But as a plus, if chat GPT and similar systems end up just dominating, it won't matter what's on your page. They'll just digest it, index it, and then just spew it out as an, their own answer. And so it won't, it won't matter. You're not going to drive the traffic anyway. So, so there you go. That'll, that'll just be better. You won't have to worry about the visitor at all. No, I'm just, you know, tongue in cheek, obviously, but, um, but yeah, that, that is an interesting question you face. And I just, if it helps would have made exactly the same call you would have made. I'm like instant, Google will index this. It will be done. Like the, the impact will be like measured in days, not months. So I, I, I would have taken that, like given the time frame you were dealing, you probably would have made a different call if it was July 
and you were planning for the holidays, you probably would have gone with the long haul thing and then worked on schema in November. Well, well actually, right. this is what I'm saying, though. I, I, on, on paper, in our mental mind's eye, the decision yeah. makes perfect sense. But Google is yeah. reacting to page speed issues very quickly. Um, okay. I understood Core Web Vitals were updated uh, you know, every quarter or something, like not as frequently as you'd expect. I think they're looking at it a lot closer than they suggest than they say they're looking at it. Mm. Um, again, co uh, correlation is not causation, but this was my experience, and um, it was shocking. And I'm sticking to I'm sticking to this for, for just to see what happens. You know, and and it's worth doing. Like, it's not to say that walking down halls means that you're going to end up with a sore foot. But if you walk down the same hall a hundred times and a hammer falls on your foot all hundred times. You know, yep. it's not necessary that the 101st time that would happen doesn't even mean there's necessarily correlation. Could be a weird, weird ass coincidence. But I would stop walking down that hall. <laughs> so, or wear combat boots. Watch or wear combat boots. And, uh, you know, optimize your experience. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what, John Mueller, to the, uh, to the SEO rescue again? Uh, precisely suggesting what SEO skills are going to be necessary in 2023? He had a two-word, uh, three-word response, curiosity and persistence. I think that's, 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 that's fair. Um, all the stuff that you learned about how the web works um, in your previous years of experience are important too. But, you know, curiosity and persistence. You know, it's, it's really interesting that the company I work for has, you know, core values every, you know, I think all good companies do. Um, and one of them happens to be curiosity. So I, I love seeing that one in there. Another one, it's funny, it's not persistence, but it's grit. And I'm like, yep. yeah, that's kind of the same thing. Just like, all right, buckle up and get it done. <laughs> like, well, it's kind of always been about that. Eh? Like we have to yeah. learn stuff as we go along, figure out, um, the what 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 Google is trying to do or what search engines are trying to do and you know in, in their opaque way of of instructing us. Um it takes a lot of persistence, trial and error, um, to, to to get it right. And I think that's exactly what John's saying. Uh keep at it. Well indeed. And I mean I think of of the different parts of of the job that naturally there's there's two tasks I think of right now that immediately fall into one but not the other necessarily i mean there might be might be a bit overlap but curiosity like that just falls into everything right like we're chatting about chat gpt like or earlier in the show and like oh, okay and bing's doing this okay this is something that we need to look at that didn't exist two months ago right but we need to be playing around with it now we're, we're talking about different people doing different things like wonderful like that that curiosity and like investigating and what would the next you know iteration be like and that sort of thing but then i think of I have 500 pages and here's this update and now I need to go back and properly internally link them. That's going to be persistence. It's going to be, I now need to go through manually 500 pages of past content <laughs> and make mm -hmm. sure that all of my internal links are right because I need to dot that I cross that T on the way through. And there's just, there's nothing curious about that. Like there, there's no curiosity involved. It's just hunker down. This is going to suck get it done yeah. and some of the best seo comes from that right it's just it's like it's not magic nope, it's you just pushed through got the job done it took like 
weeks sometimes, but you know, it, it paid off in the end and your entire site, all the queries went up by one. Like there was no like glory moment, but when you look at your analytics, you sure see it, right? That, that, those sort of, sort of moments. You know, when, um, and then none of us are Walmart except Walmart, but when Walmart um, was able to uh, increase page speed by say a hundred milliseconds or so, they noticed that they were able to make a 1% increase in sales uh, week over week. Right. Now, again, 1% mightn't seem much, but I think for any organization, 1% is actually a substantial amount of money or can be a substantial money. And if you're Walmart at that scale, it's a Herculean amount of money. Um, any uh, uh, even incremental improvements have ripple effects in the long run. And the, and the web, if anything, is stuff at scale. Um, and cool thing about the persistence game is luckily... Uh, very smart people have watched the SEOs play the persistence game and have come up with tools to do it for, do a lot of that <laughs> persistence work for us. Um, honest to God, I mean, like, I'm just going to fire up site bulb and have it tell me everything about the back end of a website rather than go looking through 500 pages to inspect yeah. the backlink to find the one that reads here instead of a smart product name. Yeah, I can't and believe thanks I'm to still Dixon for that. some of the work he's doing in the area as well. You know, speaking of like the, our friends over there, our uh, Dixon, uh, you know, friends over at Inlinks and stuff. Like, yeah, you're uh, right, a hundred percent. You want to talk about like I wasn't going to say this, but you want to talk about smart use of Chat GPT and <laughs> uh, Dixon has uh, integrated or is able to integrate output of Chat GPT in with Inlinks. Um, insane stuff can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, you got a discretion. We, we <laughs> really got to get around to getting him on the show, like in the next couple of weeks, because yeah. and we're 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 closing time on uh, on this show because this is your um fourth or fifth last show. Um, you're 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 moving forward um into a new series on on AI. Which I'll have you know, YouTube has predicted will be among the most valuable areas of uh, niches of uh, of content creation. On not AI, not AI content creation, but how to create with AI. So you're good for a mm -hmm. whole year at least until ChatGPT <laughs> takes that away from you. <laughs> um, but um, we need to get Dixon on uh, uh, on in the next couple of weeks to just to just to see uh, where that conversation goes. Yeah, I, obviously I would love to. And uh, next week, if it's if he's not on next week, next week we can chat about when that is. We'll we'll sort out a a good time and see if we can uh, we can have him on. And I'm I'm sure I'm sure he'll uh, he'll be happy to join us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just want to reiterate. Um, YouTube did predict uh, what was going to go viral in 2023. I guess it's trying to you know push and help its own content creators. The number one thing was um, content explaining how to use AI and integrate AI into your business, um, office, or life operations. Um, what I really enjoyed, though, was um, some of the content that 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 YouTube suggested uh, beyond beyond AI uh, uh, that was also going to go viral. Um, way more human-like experiences. It's been. I don't know. It's been years of narcissism in in, in yeah. uh, user generated media, 
And um, there's this character out there named Mr. Beast. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his videos. <laughs> this, this, this guy yeah. is, um, he's nuts in a really sweet way. <laughs> um, and he challenges other people to, to do um, crazy long-term um, stunts that end up are actually raising like 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 crap tons of money usually for for um, relatively good causes. Google Google or YouTube is suggesting stuff like that is going to be viral in 2023. People helping other people, people doing good stuff. I don't know. Uh, way way to go, Mr. Beast. And you guys in the AI field, you're all going to do great. <laughs> so now if we can just get ai to go out and just like give money to random people like the, the for folks who don't know mr beast go like hunt him down on youtube very easy to find <laughs> just just go to youtube you'll probably stumble on him if you watch more than two videos uh but yeah it, it's totally like some fun to watch right like just like i don't know the last one i saw was him just hunting down streaming gamers where they were the only people watching and then like donating a thousand dollars to them right just like and then watching their face in real time um as like this like donation came in right just these like fun stunts where you're helping somebody who just literally is just doing what they want to be doing or just in the right place being kind um and uh, yeah, it's it's a ton of yeah. Okay, now I I know how I'm spending my lunch is is heading over and watching some of Mr. Beast's videos. So there we are. <laughs> okay, um, we got maybe two or three minutes left. Um, anything that that that's standing out that that you think needs to get covered before I go on a Twitter rent rant? Um, yeah, one I'll just draw people's attention to. It's over at Search Engine Land from yesterday. Um, Nicole Farley posted it. Um, Google's removing redundant keywords. So that's something that they've often done. Like, you know, hey, we'll, we'll take out, out these redundants. Uh, one of the things this merges very, very poorly with the auto apply that they, they sort of make sure your auto applies off folks, by the way, um, is now they're just going to be removing if there are different uh, match types. So, and I often have done this, I'll go, I'm going to have exact phrase and broad all in one and then just sort of like let it 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 sort of bid it's now just going to count all of those as redundant and leave the broad so you may need to basically anybody may need to restructure it's only doing it in the ad group level so you may need to start restructuring go oh my, all my broads are over in a different ad group than my phrase than my um exact um you know and and if you don't just want everything being sort of like lumped into broad, I really, really, really don't like this. I think it's taking some, some control away um, from, from, from the average user. And it's just lumping this back into, into broad in some ways it'll force people to do what they should have been doing, which is move your broad over into a different ad group. But I have shortcutted with that in, in, in some past campaigns where there just wasn't sort of the, the it would have been cost prohibitive just in time to, to segment out like that. Um, and now you need to go back and revisit them all and and make sure that you're you're not letting Google just go. Everything's broad and, and running from there. So reminder uh, to to get that done, take a look at your match types and and adjust your your campaigns um, as necessary, and also turn off auto apply because Google just does weird crap like this 
Um, and then they they don't inform you. It'll still show up in your recommendations. It just won't automatically go, yeah, we're leaving you with broad. And then you scratching your head wondering why you've got such an increase in traffic from stuff that really isn't as as relevant as as it might you might want. So didn't Google um Google's been slowly clawing control away from um uh 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 uh, paid search managers in the last 18, 18 months, um, uh, 24 months or so. But hasn't yeah. that sort of happened with the side promise that they're going to optimize the um, campaign to provide uh, the, the best possible results at the lowest possible cost to the, to the uh, advertiser? Yeah, I mean, and they are doing, they're delivering on, on one side of their promise. Um, like they do tend to actually be doing a fairly good job with their their data at understanding how to optimize for conversions um what they're not allocating for so basically it seems like they're really optimizing for the 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 low base level intermediate advertisers and then they're punishing the advanced advertisers for that by making things more difficult advanced advertisers are having to move their campaigns around to get the control they need but if I look at like just a small business owner who's coming in with their like thousand dollar a month budget or or something like that, it's much easier for them. So usually the people that I'm protecting, like going, it needs to be like why I hate GA4, right? It's like it's it's exactly they're catering ads to the exact people they're punishing on the GA4 side and going, we're we're gonna optimize to take your money, but we're not gonna actually show you any, you know, we're gonna make it really difficult to understand your website traffic, right? <laughs> like, so so they're they're doing an interesting one. But yes, to to your point, those the the campaigns, like they're just like set it and forget it campaigns do actually tend to perform pretty well. They're doing a really good job, in my opinion, on that one. But for the advanced users who want that slightly tighter control on which ads are firing off or which people and and where they're dealing with large budgets where they really want to fine tune it, it's getting a lot harder for them so um yeah it's 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 definitely an interesting one i don't like this one though i don't understand why they're why they're doing this one except to go see we can um and and then doing it uh i suspect this will um increase impressions as you say um significantly mm -hmm. and um possibly eat through some ad spend pretty quickly mm -hmm. <laughs> um the great squeeze um and the squeeze you know the squeeze is happening from from all uh all different directions why shouldn't google get it on it that's what i'm thinking <laughs> okay that's it full clock um we gone we gone uh, around the circle and we're out of time for today so on behalf of dave davies from Weights and biases. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.fm. Um, stick around for the next few episodes. Um, uh, uh, Dave's going to be transitioning out. We're going to have some uh, new guest hosts transitioning in. It's going to be amazingly uh, exciting. And look for uh, anyway. You know what? Cut that whole last last part. I'm going to do the 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 exit one more time. That sucked. Okay, we've gone full clock. Um, Dave, thank you so much. Okay. On behalf of Dave Davies uh, from Waste and Biases, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM on uh, January 5th, 2023. Stay well, stay safe. 
Rank well, and we'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.